Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Ben's got diarrhea. He's got the plot. He's not necessarily got diarrhea, but Ben is unwell. He is off today. Therefore, at Triple Jump, you've got the plops. That's what what we say. Regardless if you are unwell or not, you could just be off, but you've got the plops. Yeah. It's just, it's just law. How are you though, Ashton? Are you all right? I'm all right, yeah. I've not got Good. the plot. No, that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for, really. I'm so. a bit sad that Ben wasn't here because we didn't really get a chance to like discuss your wedding. You know, we haven't really talked to like shared any exciting stories from yeah, the wedding. Yeah, that's true. It's just getting like more weeks away and I'm getting more and more vague on what And you don't want to do it without wedding. Ben. Well, I mean, we could, but... We could wait for Ben. We could wait for Ben. He might have some interesting stories that we haven't got. Yeah. I've heard all sorts of interesting things from other people, but you know, things that were going on at my wedding that I didn't know about. Um, yeah. Because you're so busy when it's your wedding. Um, my advice to anyone if they get married and have a semi traditionally sized wedding is to just, well, I don't know. There's no way around it, but try and like be everywhere all at the same time because yeah. there's so much happening and uh, you miss it. You miss so much. There was one moment from your wedding, though. Mm. There was just a moment between you and I during the ceremony. I don't know if you remember this. You just lit the like family candles. You had quite a religious ceremony that was not expecting. Yeah. And I was not prepared for at all. Right. Because I have never been to church, really, apart okay. from the odd like Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, and you lit your family candles and mm. everyone was doing a prayer. And I got distracted because there was a bit of silence. So I was just looking around and I look over to you. You look up, make eye contact with me and went, and like, I was like, Peter, you're meant to be praying for your marriage. Meant to be praying about my marriage. I'm like, hey, Ashton, how's it going? And then I was like chuckling at the back and my boyfriend was like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I was like, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, the, so we knew we want, we quite liked the idea of getting married in a church, mm. partly because my family would have, we knew that my family would like that. Um, and then also, uh, I grew up around that church, just like I I lived near there until I was about 10 years old. So we just liked the area. So we're like, oh, we get married there. Um, And then the vicar had all sorts of stuff going on. That like He was a crazy guy. He was a a very interesting guy. I I liked him a lot, but uh, yeah, he was pretty crazy. And one thing he does is he has these like two candles 
like the bride lights one at the start and the groom lights the other. And then after you've done your vows and said, I do, then you both get a flame from each candle and light a middle one. And we, we've kept that now. So we get to light that candle maybe like on our anniversary or whatever we want to do with it. So that's nice. Cute. And then, but, so, but we knew that was going to happen because that was in the rehearsal. But we didn't know it was, it was going to happen. Was this the knot bit? It was the like Celtic knot that we tied. Everyone and he, who we spoke to after. So we were sat on the table with the ushers and they were like, the knot bit was not in the rehearsal No, it yesterday. was not. <laughs> uh, so like halfway th- through the thing, I think it was after we'd maybe done our vows. No, maybe not. I don't know when it was, but I can't remember. But uh, yeah, he just said, right, we're now going to tie a knot. I was like, what? And he had to like tell us how to do it because it was this really complicated thing. And I it, liked like, when he went... They're all around the church and then couldn't point out a yeah, single one. Yeah, he said, <laughs> we're going to tie Celtic knot. He says, Celtic knots are very important, in, you know, in the C of E. Uh, you find them a lot in churches. And he sort of started looking at all the stained glass windows because that's not his normal church. Right. He like, is based in a different church in the same parish, but he hardly get, he hardly does that one. So he was like, expecting to see one. I guess there's like loads in his church. And he was like, hmm, well, there aren't any in here. but <laughs> So... Anyway, a little, little bit of my wedding there. Maybe yeah. we'll do some more next week uh, if Ben is feeling better. Mm. Ashton. Yes. Um, we are sponsored each and every week by a very real sponsor yes. uh, on this podcast. I think you've got an ad read there, have you? I do. I have a... It's not a game that's coming out soon. You've got to wait a couple of months for it. Okay. Uh, specifically around the Christmas period in mm. December. Um, you might know this. It's not very big in, in the UK, and not huge in America either, but very big in uh, Slavic lands and uh, Germany specifically. Okay. You might know that there's like a an anti-Santa called... The Krampus. The Krampus. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and what's, what's more important than having organization if you're going to anti-Santa an entire, you know, continent? That's all right. I'm just talking. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so you have to be organized if you you're... You have to be organized. And you have to probably campus. have quite a, like a an inbuilt system as to how to do these things. Yeah. So coming Christmas oh, time. I know what's coming at Christmas time. You know what's coming? Yeah. Two, Two point, point Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Coming from the people who brought you Two Point Hospital and Two Point Campus. Wow. They've been busy. They've made a third game Come, very soon have, after their yeah. second one. Well, I suppose one. they've got quite a lot of the mechanics already in place. Just make the put people in little elf costumes or yeah. like evil elf costumes and mm-hmm. got to fight off real elves and Santa because you're bad Santa. Yeah. Krampus. So yeah, coming on the Christmas period, two point Krampus. So it's like a top down yep. building thing. Yeah, like you build like an evil workshop. Yes, yeah, I like exactly. how we've taken the idea of the. So I think the Krampus does go around stealing children, but what we have done is just said he has all of the Santa things, but just evil. <laughs> yeah, he's just he, bad. He's got like bad reindeer. Yeah, people sing bad songs about yeah. him. He goes up chimneys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he just busts through the front door. Yeah. And he's got like people whose specific job is to like make like coal and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, whatever else Krampus leaves. But if he's unhappy with the way you've behaved, he has to leave toys for you instead. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, mm, you've, you've not, you've, you've not been bad. No, you've been actually too good. So I guess here's a toy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not coming because it's not real. Oh, would you believe for that. it's actually not correct? It's a bit scared, actually. Yeah, and um, you should be because yeah. you have been a naughty boy this year. Yes, like Krampus would have come and taken you away. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, that's what I get for glancing at you while praying. I guess. 
<laughs> and cracking a seven up in the middle of me talking. Yeah. yeah. It's the, that's better than cracking a seven up in the middle of praying that's in church true. on that the altar. True. That would have been really bad. That is true. Um, but we're not actually sponsored by that. We're sponsored by our friends over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump whereas a little for one dollar a month you can ask questions on this very podcast lots of other things as well so if you fancy being a patron and supporting us in that way why not check it out why not if you get if you get a little chance to yeah thanks 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 for that i've got a question here ashton you do it was sent in by callum story Callum says, why do some games hold their value on digital storefronts much better than others of equal quality? And should this be more standardized so consumers know when they might expect games they're interested in to fall within their budget? Thank you, Callum. Um, Callum. I wonder whether this is not necessarily to do with quality per se, but sales figures. Mm. I mean, I the, my short answer is I don't know exactly why this you know what why there's that variation but i my suspicion would be if something is selling reasonably well and continuing to sell reasonably well then the publisher might think well there's no need to drop the price people are still buying it so we'll just keep making maximum dollar but if sales if sales figures start to slow down um or at least like fall under the so they probably always project that they will have a, a peak in the first few weeks and then go down a graph but maybe if it's like falling shorter than the expected uh, downturn then they might think okay we need to boost the figures a bit we'll make it a better deal mm-hmm. so even if you have two games of say equal quality there can be other factors that you know cause one to maybe not sell as well as the other there might be like another game out that's in that same genre that it's competing with or um I don't know, maybe maybe like the number of platforms it's available on, stuff like that. So for whatever reason, even if you've got two games of equal quality, one might not sell as well. And therefore, the publisher might think we need to boost those sales. We'll reduce the price. It would be nice to know when a game's price would be going down, mm-hmm. if it was standardized or if it was just like flagged up. Like, just so you know, in autumn, we will be lowering the price. Yeah. But number one, I don't think anyone's going to do that because they don't want to like flag up when you'll be able to get a better deal necessarily. Um, and number two, if it was some kind of standardized thing where Sony were like, if you're going to have a, a game on our console, you have to set the price to 70% after six months or whatever. Like if that was just some rule, I would feel that that in itself would like affect the sales figures. So at the moment, it's more like if the sales figures are low, they drop the price to like help sell more games. But like if everyone knows that, well, if I just wait like half a year, it will be cheaper because you don't always know that's going to be the case. You yeah. can assume it might be the case, but you don't always know. Then that in itself might might affect the sales of that game. And then that overall can have a bit of a negative effect on any given release, no matter how good it is. So I don't think it's necessarily a good idea in the long run to know when a game's price is going to go down and have like a standardized system for it because it would just ultimately it might might affect the the overall market value of the like the 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 whole video games market i think would be like worth less Mm. if uh, people knew when it was going to go down obviously there's like periods in time when they do like black friday yeah things that you would like the summer sale the steam summer sale is obviously like and they do occasional things they'll be right on the front page like just so you know we're having a sale right now yeah 
Um, same with Sony. So they have like summer sales and stuff, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So there's definitely like times where the things will be cheaper. But I think the issue with dig- dig- digital storefronts and digital games is that they have no reason for the price to go down, really, unless they're not selling well. Like if it's a a like IRL copy, then they will get cheaper at some point because stores will need to shift them. That's a good point, sell, actually. Like to put new things on the shelf. Yeah. Where like a shop will only have limited space in their inventory and in their like shelves they will need to get rid of like a new game mm. as a new, like bigger release comes out. Or even if it's like a small release, they still need to make room for that. So things might go down in price, which obviously isn't the same with the digital storefront. Yeah, that's very so true. I think like what we're used to as gamers is this game is currently this price, but I know that it will go down eventually because they're going to have to get rid of it at some point. So you kind of have that awareness when you're shopping in real life that you're like, things are going to get cheaper eventually. Mm. Whereas with digital storefronts, it's kind of still a new concept in a lot of ways. Like there's not really like a standardized way of doing it, like you say. So it's kind of like, we don't know what the, like, what the situation is with each game every game is different and we never quite know what's going to happen with it even when they like go on sale on steam um like uh, playstation games when they end up on steam those prices haven't changed a lot since they've gone out because there's no real need for them like the only issue is how much room is on steam servers for example for you to be playing those games but even then like it's not they don't have to do that. They just bung off some of the little trash ones at the other end. And you've not got to worry about the brand new ones that are coming on. Mm, yeah. So I think like there's not really a, a what works and what doesn't works yet for a digital storefront. Because like people will buy things regardless whether you like put the price down or not. If people want to buy a digital version of something, they just will. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's only available in digital copy they've they've got no competition as to who's like under undercutting them or who they have to sell these out for because there's no one else like combating their like marketing figures and stuff so i wish there was a more standardized way and i wish that there was a bit more wiggle room especially on things like the switch like switch games on their digital storefront never like barely ever go on to discount like you barely ever see like the big games hitting less than like 50 quid Mm -hmm. like i don't think breath of the wilds has gone down at all apart from the odd like sale that they've done so like in in price at all in the entire time it's been out yeah because they've got no reason to Mm -hmm. yeah people are still gonna buy it and if people haven't got it they'll either go to cex and get it cheaper somewhere else yeah or they'll just buy it on the digital storefront because it's just easier than having to go out and get it i think it's also a mark of laziness of our generation like well it's it's already here i haven't got to go to the shop get it put it in wait for it to install definitely yeah and you can just buy something on a whim like if you're literally sitting down if it's like you know 8 p.m or something Mm. and you're like oh i kind of fancy playing a new game you know once upon a time that's like well sorry to wait till tomorrow and then go to the shop but yeah. now you can just go well I can buy something digitally i suppose just jump on the on the store mm. um yeah cex have done well to now just be basically have a monopoly on the on the secondhand game uh front because uh there is something to be said for secondhand physical copies they they can obviously just be that much cheaper uh for people who are trying to do video gaming on a budget mm. um 
And once upon a time, loads of shops would do secondhand games. And now basically none of them do except CEX, which is just secondhand games and DVDs. So yeah, good for them. So Callum, maybe the best bet if you or, uh, you know, people you know are uh, gaming on a budget, the best bet might be to sort of switch to physical occasionally. Or wait till Black Friday to buy all the games. Or wait till Black Friday, yeah, exactly. Like save up for like a couple of months Mm -hmm. and then when it gets to Black Friday, just buy every game that you've wanted for months. Or wait until stuff gets added to like PlayStation Plus as one of the monthly games. Or or Game Game Pass. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there are ways around it. If you do, you know, if if you think that digital games are just just cost too much, which they sort of do. They do. There's that whole argument as well of like, well... Surely your production costs are lower with a digital game because you're not having to do it like print it onto physical media. So why does it cost so much? But also what you have to think about is that digital copies, you technically can share those with like other people, Mm -hmm. especially like if you've got like PlayStation um, console sharing, like we were talking about last week. Those games can be played by you and also maybe like two or three other people. Yeah, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, like it's, there's digital copies have their like pros and cons, but physical release, you can't give, you can, if you want to play it, you have to give it to someone else. Like there's no like, we can play at the same time. Mm -hmm. Whereas obviously digital copies, which we talked about again last week, can be played at the same time on multiple consoles as long as you've like got the knack yeah you know how to do it so you could do what ben does and do you do it as well where you yeah like well i don't know if you do this ben i know you you share a console uh share an account but Mm. ben's and his friends share an account and then they go halves on games as well like so you're essentially buying all your games for 50 percent of the price by doing that yeah um so so yeah. just get a mate, Callum, and just go half seas on digital copies and you can both play them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just get a friend. <laughs> That's the answer to the question. Brilliant. Well, time to do a segment now that we're doing, we're testing out while Ben's not here. Yes. Um, to see if it works, then maybe we'll introduce it to him when he's back. Um, it's called What We Play In. Oh. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about what we, we play, play in, in or what we've been playing this week. Yeah. Peter, what have you been playing this week? Peter, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Well, Ashton, my intention was to have started Stray and played a load of Stray by the time I got to this podcast. But the issue I've got is that we're moving house very soon and we have spent every evening for the past week or more, past two weeks really, since we got back from honeymoon, Mm. um, either packing stuff into boxes or like we've had people coming around all the time to pick stuff up that we've either sold or given away for free on the internet. Um, in fact, I've been like tweeting pictures of things that I've just like dug out of, out of dusty boxes. So I have played some games this week, but I've intentionally not played stray because my gaming has basically been like an hour here and an hour there. And I don't want to like necessarily start stray and then have to, perhaps not play it for three four five days and then play a little bit more and so i want to like really enjoy that game from what i've seen online it looks uh like it's worth giving it my time Mm. so what i have done is i've actually played a little bit more lego star wars which i sort of put down and uh you know abandoned for a bit partly because i saw a headline i didn't even read the article which is a phrase that's thrown around (laughs) a lot these days 
I saw the headline, didn't read the article, that I think there's some DLC or like extra content coming to really? Lego Star is Wars. There? No idea what it is. It doesn't need extra content. It doesn't need extra content. No, that's right. Of God. That's absolutely correct. But it just sort of reminded me that, that that game existed. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've given it enough of a break now where I could just like jump in and see, you know, because I've, I've said ad nauseum at this point that the main issue I had is that I was trying to go through and just do all the movies in a row and like just get through the story. And when you play it just like that, it kind of feels a bit shallow and boring, that yeah. game, because like they've not gone super hard and super deep on doing the, like the these levels haven't got levels. much content no they haven't to be honest like certainly not compared to the original versions of the game like the, the old lego star wars mm. games so i was playing it like that didn't get a lot out of it but now that that's all done i thought well if i just go and and come at it from a new angle and think i've got this whole lego star wars world to explore mm. with loads of little bits to do and and things to explore then uh, maybe i'll have more fun and i have had a bit more fun actually a little bit um it still feels just a, just a tiny bit more fun. It still just feels too kind of sprawling and like a lot of the, the missions aren't actually like particularly exciting, even no. when you are like focusing on side missions. But um, I think it's both got too much content in places where it shouldn't have that much content yeah. and not enough content in other places. Like the fact that like you go to a hub world and it's like there are a hundred bricks here you should find them all. Mm -hmm. And also there's a bunch of characters and side quests. And the side quests will lead you to another hub area where there's also 150 bricks. And you yeah. should go and find all of those as well. And you're just like, okay, well, the mission took me literally a minute and a half to do. Yeah. Um. So why now am I spending like an hour trying to bungle around this area, collecting all of the bricks when like it's a just a desert planet yeah. or like a, just a random area that you pass through in the movie and you're like, okay, so this is where the content is, mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, and it does still make me want to just go back and play the yeah. the complete saga or whatever it was called because that had that really struck the balance. It had like five or six levels per movie where you like just played actual proper moments from the game, uh, from, from the film um, and, you know, there was like focus there. But still plenty of collectibles. Like you had to get all of your studs. On the mini kits. And you had to get the mini kits, but there were only like six per level and they were mm. just like hidden in interesting areas, like not a hundred or whatever. Yeah. So um yeah. It's still not it's still not great. And it's such a shame because I was really excited for that game. But um anyway, I've played I have played a few hours of that this week. Um and uh I'm trying to think if I've played anything else, actually. Um Oh, I also played, I played a tiny bit of K.O. the Kangaroo as well, because I never finished that um, before when I was streaming it. But uh, I, got, uh, I got stuck in a level again in a way that I got stuck at least once, if not twice, on stream, right. where you just run out of the items that you need to get through certain areas because right. they've, like, literally just miscounted or badly designed their game. Like, it's not... It's not like, oh, careful you don't use all those. It's not like meant to be a mechanic. It's just that they've they've messed up. Good. And uh, you just get like locked in a room effectively and you have Love to that. quit the game and start again. <laughs> so yeah, I've played some really good games this week and had a really great time. Mm. I was like, not playing Stray. I want to play KO and Lego Star Wars. I'm going to yeah. have a good time. <laughs> um, so fingers crossed. We've actually done most of our packing now, so... Um, and I've not packed up the PS5. So <laughs> fingers crossed I can sit down and enjoy a bit of Stray this weekend um, and have something slightly more positive to say next week. Hopefully. 
What have you been playing, Ashton? So I've been having a, uh, I would call it a full brain week where my brain is so full that mm. I can't, feel like I can't really do anything. Right. Um, so I've just played the same things I played last week. Right. I played Power Washing Simulator. I sit quietly by myself and I just press the, the power wash button and I've been power washing. I did a boat last night. Yeah. Yesterday there was like a helter skelter and a plane. Whoa. And I've just been doing that. Um just silently in my flat like that <laughs> nothing else. Just sat there. Don't put music um, on. Well sometimes just... I put T V on and okay. I watch something at the same time. Because I've got some I'm like really far away from my computer. Like I'm sat on like one end of my sofa playing it on my PC that's about two meters away oh my on my gosh. screen and then next to me is the tv that i've been watching <laughs> and i'm like this is not the optimal way to play any game probably not but i'm just comfy on my sofa um and then i've been playing some more two-point campus i finished mm -hmm. the four beginning levels i'm now on to the like wizardy hogwartsy um campus wow spoilers so How exciting. Um, so that's what i've done that's where i'm at there's like how many I think there's six levels that I've unlocked so far. Mm -hmm. This one and there's one more that I've unlocked. And then I think there's about three more potential areas that I haven't, like they're not all unlocked at any one time. Like you can't see how many levels there are. So I think there's probably about 10 levels okay. potentially. Um, again, all with like the three star system, um, which is good because I've already said that I think that once I get past that, I can't play anymore because I right. just, I, I don't have the like, the the creativity to just sit and make my own university and like just mm -hmm. do that for hours whereas my boyfriend would sit there and he's like just accruing money and like just keeps building and i'm like but what's the point you can't <laughs> it's not getting any stars i don't understand um but yeah i mean i've been enjoying that game i've definitely encountered some weird like graphical bugs and sometimes just some regular bugs but um it is a new game so hopefully those will get patched out very yeah, soon yeah fingers crossed and then last night me and mb finished escape academy on xbox game pass i really enjoyed this game i thought it was really fun um you play it in split screen and you can see each other's screens. Oh, it's the escape room yeah, one. The yeah, escape room yeah. One. But I, we actually figured out on the final level that you could turn that off if you wanted to by pressing Z. But neither of us had spotted that. So we've been sat in like split screen the whole time. Oh. Which is useful in certain aspects because you'd be like, can you just look at that wall so I can just type the code in? Yeah. Please? But other times I was like trying to do something on like half the screen. Turns out you could just make your whole screen. But right. we just didn't know that until like right at the end. And suddenly it popped up with like toggle split screen with Z. And I was like, what, I told you that at the end of the game? Literally, like, so I was like, excuse me, what? How do, how do you mean? Amazing. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It's not a long game either. Like each of the, um, the longest like escape time you have is like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I, we didn't hit, we didn't fail any of them like because of time limit. We did have to restart the final like one because uh, there's a, like a pushing like blocks mechanic. And I had told Ben to wait where he was and he didn't and he crashed his thing into my thing and they got stuck together and we couldn't oh, move no. them anymore. So we had to restart the level, but we just powered through everything else because we'd already done it all but like minutes before. So it doesn't have much replayability because the puzzles are all the same. Yeah. Um, but it is still a good game and I did enjoy it. Good. So I would recommend it. If you've got someone you want to play with, I would recommend playing. You can play it on your own as well. But, right. Okay. Um, but it is quite fun. And it's got local split screen as well. So, so you and Amy could play it. Yeah. 
it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I've played this week. You've played one more thing as well that I know of. Played a bit of Kirby as well, haven't you? Oh yeah, I played uh, half an hour of Kirby's Dream Buffet, which is a Cripscope on yesterday at time of release uh, recording. So on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, we did a Cripscope on it. And it's a uh, just b- rubbish. <laughs> it's just rubbish. I only remembered that because potentially when this podcast goes out, there will also be another Cripscope by me where I I will have played Destroy All Humans Two Reprobed, oh, yeah. which. Uh, is that a remake remaster well i i see this is how little i know about destroy all humans i know obviously that there was originally destroy all humans and Mm -hmm. then that got remade i think from the ground up rather than remastered um and then i just we the other day we were like oh do we want to is someone going to cover destroy all humans too and i thought oh have they now so they've remade like the original and now have they like made a new sequel but then I realized today it's called Destroy Humans 2 Reprobed. And now I'm thinking like, was there a sequel on the, you know, originally? And I think maybe there was, and they've just remade the sequel as well. Right. Um, so, which I'm, so I'm not particularly enthusiastic about. <sighs> I'm, I'm obviously going to give it its, give it a chance and hopefully it'll be really good. But um, I think that the first one, when that was remade, didn't like hold up very well. Um I know people consider it a bit of a classic of its mm. time and or like certainly a cult classic, if not an actual classic. But uh, I don't think it like mapped on well to modern gaming. And so if this is a remake of the sequel, which I think it is, then I worry I'll have the same issues. But I'm going to give it a try and see how it goes. Hopefully they've learned from the first one. Yeah. And like made it better. Um, so there should be a Quipscope available for that. I mean, but only if basically I need to play it during the working day today and try and get a quipscope done because I'm not in tomorrow and then it's the weekend. So um, <laughs> uh, so there may or may not be a quipscope out now, but if there isn't, then it'll probably be out on Monday. So yeah. it's either out or will be out soon. Um, but there is um, a couple of games coming out soon. Like uh, Saints Row comes out next week. Yeah, that's true. Which I've not, I don't think we've seen really any gameplay for at all. Apart from the odd little bit in a trailer, I don't remember that much gameplay happening. No, I've I remember. Um, we've seen a couple of CG trailers. We've seen the character creator, and haven't the character we, as well. Um, and yeah, we saw the the trailers at various you know uh, shows and things, but I don't recall seeing just an actual release trailer that's no. like come out on social media yet. Whereas but. the opposite is true for Gotham Knights, which I have not, I've I've not stopped seeing content yeah. for. It's like new gameplay trailer, Nightwing, and I'm like, I've basically seen all the game at this point. I yeah. don't know why I'm still like, why we're still putting up the gameplay trailers for every character. But but yeah, Saints Row comes out very soon, so mm-hmm. hopefully. We might, fingies crossed, fingies. get a code for that and we might be able to do a Quipscope for that yeah, and slash play it. Because mm-hmm. I kind of just want to play it. Yeah. I'm kind of at that bit point now where I don't really know what to play. Yeah. Like I've not got any like big games on the horizon for me like right now. Mm-hmm. There's games I should finish like Final Fantasy VII DLC. I've not right, finished that yeah. yet. But like I also, I'm kind of just struggling to find a game that I want to play because like you... I have to move out of my house yeah. in two weeks. Don't know where I'm moving to yet. So that's <laughs> exciting. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot coming out, hopefully in the next few months that will satiate me. Yeah. Stuff keeps getting moved as well. But yeah. um, I think that's partly why subconsciously why I've not 
another reason maybe why I've not played Stray is because I know that once I've played that, I will then be back in kind of, oh, what am I going to play now? Like I've been really looking forward to playing it, mm. but then once I've finished it, it will be gone. Yeah. So yeah, we'll this see. Is true. Well, it's time for question two. It, it comes is. from Jeremy Baker. What are some games that force you to take actual real life notes in order to progress? I made it as far as I could in The Witness and needed to bust out graph paper for absurdly hard puzzles. Or The Bard's Tale, a classic RPG that doesn't come with a map and is procedurally generated. So you have to draw town maps yourself as you discover them. Thanks. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Thanks, Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. Do you want to go first, Ashton? Sure. I'm always going first. Um, <laughs> so it's about Escape Academy. And once we finished playing the game, my notepad looked like the scrollings of a madman. Oh, my God. Because there was just all of these, like, ciphers that I was, like, writing down, like, various, like, numbers and words and stuff. It doesn't make any sense. If you look at my notepad, it genuinely looks like I've lost the plot. <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, all of these words and stuff because, like, I was, like, trying to remember them for, like, later on or, like, I was going back and like trying to write them down or there's a sequence of things we need to do in a certain order and we kept messing it up. So we had to like go and I was like, it's like G right, B left. And it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at it on its own, but it made sense in the moment. <laughs> um, so if you go into my house right now, there's just like a, a, a notepad open that's just scrolling of a madman like all over it. Um, so that one I took lots of notes for, but also... I didn't really need to because it had a built-in mechanic, but I found it really hard to read. Um, <laughs> Deathloop, I took oh, yeah. loads of notes for, like various different like puzzles and stuff. I was sat like making notes for a special, there's a specific one where you find like a bunker and there's a radio that at a certain time will like play a code and it will like tell you where the other like bunkers are to go and find mm -hmm. and i was there like writing it down and like taking all the notes for like the coordinates and stuff and like doing it and then i just went into the the game like notepad and it was like right it's there all, uh... and i was like no no it's too hard to read i'm gonna have to write it all down <laughs> um but i made loads of notes for death loop because i think i just was like if they're in front of me i don't have to go looking for them mm. and i could just see in like my face where i have to go yeah um and again probably like a, the scrollings of a madman and so i've just written like written down right random written down random bits of clues is what i was trying to say mm -hmm. um so yeah those are what two that i remember i've been like actively had a notepad out writing down things yeah um but what about you i think there are probably more than i can remember mm -hmm. but um a couple of things like very specific instances came to mind from um, some of the PC games I used to play when I was a bit younger. Mm. So the Goosebumps video game that I had that I played on stream, I think like last Halloween or something, Goosebumps Escape from Horrorland, had this sequence in it where, so it was mostly a point and click adventure game, but there was this bit where you're being chased by a werewolf. Right. And it like shows you first person like running through this forest um, and your head's like bobbing up and down. And weirdly, the way that you get through this sequence is that... Um, your friend, Lizzie, this girl who you're there with, she says to you either run to me over here or this way. Right. And she says it like a few times in a row when you get to like branching paths. And you have to click left, right or forwards to choose that that path. And if you get it wrong, the werewolf comes and smacks you in the face and you have oh, to restart. No. Um, but it's not like stereo audio or anything it's just that one of those three phrases is assigned to left forwards or right, right. okay and it's just trial and error so you have to just keep doing it and like you the werewolf's killing you and stuff and then eventually you work out okay over here means forwards 
run to me means left. So I remember writing that down because I was like, this is weird. Why is this, you know, what a strange mechanic, a strange way of like doing this sequence. Like I say, there was no, if I had stereo audio, then maybe you'll be able to hear her like mm. side to side. But no, that's not how it worked. Um, so definitely wrote that down. And then um, I used to have this weird game. It was called Pirates of the Caribbean, right? And I think it was Disney affiliated. And the logo on the front was kind of akin to the logo of the film, mm. as in the Jack Sparrow movie. And it came out roughly the same time, but it may have come out either just before or just after. Um, and it had absolutely nothing to do with any of the characters at all okay. from the film. Um, so it was just, I think, I, I think essentially, like the film was, I think it was based on the ride from Disneyland. Right. And they weren't based on each other, like the film and the game. So anyway, I had this game and you, pl you play as a pirate called, I think he's called Nathaniel. And it's actually a really interesting game for the time where there's just all these islands. It's a third person action game. Mm. You have a sword and a gun and you buy ships and you sail around and you can like move, you can, um, you can, you can buy goods on one island and take them and sell them and, and uh, steal stuff from other ships and stuff. But uh, one of the easy ways to make money in that game was to just buy low and sell high. Right. And different islands, like traders on different islands, would buy things for different values, but it would constantly fluctuate. So you would like go to one of these islands and there'd be a guy who's like selling silk really cheaply, but he buys spice for like a really high price. Right, okay. And so I used to like make all these comprehensive notes of like, okay, if I quickly like go to another island, buy a load of spice really cheap and I can bring it over here and sell it. So um, that's how I used to make money on Pirates of the Caribbean is just like <laughs> being a trader, yeah. just going around, buying stuff, selling it to someone else. Um, there's a whole mechanic where you, there's a whole, you know, uh, stuff built in there where you're supposed to go off exploring caves and fighting skeletons and stuff. I was like, no, no. I'm in the, I'm in the spice trade. Yes, I am indeed in the spice trade. So, yeah, I used to have, make a lot of notes in that game just to know what I could get for my, for my silk and my tea. Um, Brilliant. But I'm sure there are other games. Yeah, there's definitely going to be ones really I've forgotten. But even like the odd note that I've written down of like somewhere yeah. I have to go. Because mm -hmm. sometimes they don't tell you. What game was I playing recently where like I had no idea where I was going? So <laughs> Batman Arkham Asylum, I've been playing on stream. I think I'm just bad at the game. Um, but also I keep they keep telling me where I need to go. But because it's in a cutscene, I forget. Right. And then it doesn't necessarily be like go to intensive treatment unless you like go out of the map and then like look further away and i'm like i don't know where i'm going i'm mm -hmm. just meandering around confused so i feel like i do need to pen and paper to be like right he's just said to go to intensive <laughs> care and check it out over there so maybe i'm just bad i think i'm just bad at the game though possibly maybe we're both just bad at games maybe just bad at games well now onto something a little bit strange a little bit peculiar it's time for some weird weird news, news. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time, time for some weird news. But before we get to the weird news, weird news is sponsored each and every week by our podcast producers. If you'd like to become a podcast producer and have your name read out as a sponsor of weird news, you can do so by going to tripleju.mp, tripleju.mup forward slash Patreon. I have to think about that. Um, Where for $5 or something, 10, 1,000, I don't know how much it is, you can become a podcast producer i think it's 50 dollars. 50 50 okay. plus dollars 50 plus dollars. you get other things as well yeah but um also this yeah it's not five dollars that's um after dark isn't it or is that ten dollars i don't know i don't remember we're not in charge of that that's no. that's all fraser fraser looks after it um i should know but anyway it's not five dollars it's apparently fifty dollars <laughs> as i say you get other things too go and have a look see what else you get um thank you to this week Nathan, G.Y. Goliath, Sean Legg, Corey Duffill, Robin Wardle, Ellie Nicholas, Erica Hutchinson, Melody L. Bonnet, Katie Garrett Jarrett, and Gabrielle Philippink. Thank you, podcast Thank you, producers. Podcast producers You're the best. Did you know you can send in weird news to us via social media on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump? We put a post out every week um, and we ask you for weird news. Um, you can submit it and we'll maybe read it out. Just like Dan Wilson at idanwilson on Twitter did. Thanks, Dan. Uh, thanks, Dan. I've got a story here from Kotaku. Um, is it by... random? No, because that's Nintendo Life, isn't it? That oh, does yeah. random. Yeah, sorry. Um, Never mind, I just forgot that was the wrong website. It's by Patricia Hernandez. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Um, who says, she can... It begins with she. Just... You'll find out who. Okay. She convinced men on Tinder to buy near Automata and then ghosted them, she says. Who is she? By Patricia Hernandez. Um, so here we go. Interesting story. There's a dramatic scene in Near Automata in which, spoilers, a desperate downtrodden android commands his AI companion to cease all logical functions. The AI, sensible thing that it is, warns him that there's almost no chance this will end well. Our hero knows this, of course. He does it anyway. This leads to one of the most memorable lines in the entire critically acclaimed action game. 
Why do I long for humans like this? The android cries out as he takes a dangerous leap of faith that ends up with someone getting hurt. Yeah. If you've ever gone on Tinder, don't know why that first paragraph is even in there. You might know exactly what this is like, even if you've never played Nia Automata. A woman named Jen certainly does, based on her experience. she? She Probably, uh, based on her experience using dating apps. Jen, who works as a paralegal, that's um, like a bird that jumps out of planes, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, a paralegal uh, went viral on Twitter earlier this year for, as she put it, swiping on Tinder and getting, quote, guys to buy near automata, end quote, only to, quote, then ghost them, end quote. There's then a tweet embedded... Uh, by someone else, a guy called Drake Near Struggle Tweets, um, <laughs> who's put, oh my God, and then a screenshot of her tweet underneath. Uh, and she is en- Enya at Jenny 0941-0602 on Why Twitter. wouldn't they just embed her tweet? Uh, because, I don't know, maybe she's deleted it, but oh. Drake has got the screenshot. Mm. Um, but her tweet said... I used to roam around on Twitter and get guys to buy Neo Automata and then ghost them. I think my count was up to 22 when I stopped. I mean, I never said I'd flip with them. She didn't use the word flip. Um, I mostly just talked a lot about it and recommended the game. Also, high sales mean more tarot games. So she was doing it to try and get a sequel, (laughs) I guess, or or something similar made. Um, Good to have a hobby, I guess. It is. The article then continues, probably just regurgitating information I've just summarized in the (laughs) single tweet, but it says, by her count, she roped 22 men in her devious yet amazing scheme. Yeah, we just read that, Kotaku. We did. Since it's been a couple of years, she claims, she couldn't know that Kotaku proof... She she couldn't show Kotaku proof that she convinced dozens of men to buy the unusually philosophical game. She... She did, however, have a handful of screenshots of conversations full of flirts in which people would say that they couldn't believe they were about to buy a video game just to impress a girl. It then says, editor's note, this bar is low. Thank you, editor. And at least some of the pictured folks appear to have genuinely played the game as screenshots show discussion of different endings and plot points between her and the would-be paramours. Interesting word. I'm not familiar with that. Mm. Is that some... They jump out of planes as well? <laughs> Known for its intense post-apocalyptic and introspective storytelling, Neo Automata is full of twists and turns. Are we now just on to the filler? Um, yes, we are. Yeah, just I don't the think, ad filler, please. I don't think anything else... Part of what makes the story believable is the sheer scope of Jen's fandom, which she calls an obsession. She shared a picture of a shrine she said she keeps in her room... That's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, it's all right to be on a shelf, but that is a bit of a shrine. And folks, the thing is massive. It's got Emil all over it in a variety of different forms. The table, which even includes a dedicated candle, would stand out in any room. Indeed, Jen said that before people go in her room for the first time, Jen has to warn them about it first. The shrine makes sense when you consider Jen's connection to the game. This is a long article. It's not all filler, actually. Some of it is relevant to Jen. But I think we've got the idea there because um, (laughs) she basically used to tell people to play Nia um, and they would. And then 
she's I guess she was trying to just boost the game's popularity. Wow. Well done, Jen. Thanks, Jen. If that is your real name. Maybe. I have a weird news from Cameron JQ. We're sending it in on Facebook. It comes from Game Rant, written by Truman2. Is it random? It's no. not, unfortunately. Oh, there's a massive cookie thing in my screen. It was like a huge cookie pop-up with like the tiniest little accept button I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, Americans won't know this, but every website we go on, we have to click a thing that says, yeah, okay, I accept cookies. I think that was a UK thing or an EU thing. Yeah. Um, Cookies just mean like, can they stalk you and post adverts on your Facebook feed later on? Yeah, I mean, Americans still have cookies, but they don't have to say yes to them. They have to to agree to them. You you just get subjected to them. Um, Anyway, Capcom selling strange and expensive monster Monster Hunter Ray Jang pillow. Oh, Capcom will be selling a strange and also expensive pillow of one of the bosses from Monster Hunter Rise. I want to say, is it Ra- Rajang? Rajang? Not sure. I've not played we'll go it. go with Rajang. Okay. Which might get a laugh from fans. Now, this uh, this article, like, I haven't read it. I just saw the pictures and I was like, yes. I've not it's seen the pictures. Horrible. Um, Capcom's Monster Hunter franchise is an outlet for creative creature and boss designs, ranging from, ranging from the terrifying to the outright cre- cute. Even it's no surprise that these cute creatures are also. Can you see the cut tell that I can't read? I don't know what's wrong with me today. I can't speak or read. I'm like falling over every word. Okay. Um, it's no surprise that these creatures also translate well into marketable merchandise for fans to purchase. This includes this includes a life-size plush toy of the Palamutes from Monster Hunter Rise to chibied versions of terrifying monsters such as Goss Harag and from the same game. One of the truly strange and also quite hilarious pieces of merchandise that fans will soon be able to get hold of is a pillow of one of the iconic monster boss monst, boss monsters. Rajang. Oh dear. So sorry, everyone. Um, Rajang was first introduced in Monster Hunter 2, being a fanged beast with a gorilla like appearance. For context, this is what he looks like. Oh, he's pretty, like a gorilla with pretty horns. Pretty epic with horns, yeah. yeah. Um, he made a return in Monster Hunter World Iceborne alongside a volcanic location as a free DLC update. Um, I like how they described him. They they missed out the horns, which are kind of yeah. the main feature. He's a fanged like, gorilla. I would say he's a horned beast. Yeah, gorilla-like appearance. But, I would. You know, each their own. Mm. Um, fans of the series can now own a big own the big primate esque beast as a pillow that is officially being sold by Capcom. This pillow of the terrifying beast Rajang is nowhere near how big the monster is in the game, but its smaller stature is hilarious. What's more is that it's lying down like a sleeping. It's, what's more is it's lying down like it's sleeping, complete with a serene expression. According to Capcom's official store, the pillow is 50, 15 centimetres thick, measures out 90 by 70 centimetres, and will set fans back approximately 26,400 yen, which is approximately 200 US dollars. Look at this picture of it. It is horrible. Oh no! It's really awful. Oh my god, that is not what I expected at all. I thought it was going to be like a Snorlax or something, just with vaguely like similar features to, no. to the in-game creature. But no, no, no. no. Horrible. 
disgusting. Right, you have to, you really do have to Google this link. or click on the link, which should be in the description if you're watching on just, YouTube. But I'm just going to hold this up. You get a little version. Oh of yeah, it. you. That's that's, that's about like enough detail. But you, you need to see it in its full glory. I would recommend uh, clicking on the link in the description on the YouTube channel to. Good grief! It's, the coloring alone is just kind of yeah. It's oh, awful. it's just too realistic. Um, yeah. I don't like that at all. No. The fans had a field day with the sight of the pillow, especially with the official images provided on Capcom's store. This includes one where Ray Jang is resting on a couch, another seeing the beast lie down on the floor with another person. There's even another photo that shows a man thinking in contemplation while Ray Jang sits next to him, with some joking that the pillow can wake up at any time and become the threat it is in Monster Hunter Rise. Um, they also released another pillow that's a sunbreak Keizu more cushion from Monster Hunter Rise, which is a bit more like normal of a cushion. Yeah. It's a bit weird, but at least it's kind of cushion shaped. And that was the kind of style I expected of yeah. the gorilla, but no. No. So yeah, they've released that horrible cushion for 200 US dollars. You can own that horrible, horrible thing. Horrible thing. <laughs> And uh, and you, and you can just invite people over, put it maybe in your shrine, yeah, and say just a pre-warning. Just warn you. The before thing you come on in my here. bed is not an animal that's real. It won't come alive, mm. but it might make you feel incredibly uncomfortable to be in the yeah. room with it. So yeah, you're welcome. See, I went into that article expecting it to be a body pillow, like a long, th and I was thinking, oh no, this is going to be bad. That's kind of what I thought when I was reading it, that I saw the pit. But then as you described it, like I said, I expected maybe just a big squishy Snorlax or something. So I was like, oh no, this will be fine. And then when you show, so it was like a real roller coaster for me, that that adventure. Thank you. Um, as the silent roller coaster I was having this morning when I was reading through <laughs> the, the articles, and I didn't even read that one because i was like oh it's not, i don't know how interesting it's gonna be and then i looked at the pictures and i was like i found it That's this is the one. this is the one good grief yeah um well it's time for question three which comes from cameron keywood who sent that story in huh. cameron calm Look down back. uh cameron says halo baparoos uh two l's and hello like cameron otherwise it's halo uh, the PS Store has been flooded recently with what some with what some people are referring to as trashinums, reskins of the same game, all with easy platinums. I don't mind some of these games, as with the final project looming, they are all I have had time to play. Do you think it's time Sony placed their foot down and curb it, or are you of the Opposite opinion, where everyone is entitled to their own platinum. Everyone's entitled to their own platinum proclivities. Cameron Keywood. Thank you, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. Um, as is the case with pretty much every question we get asked relating to platinums, my kind of quick answer is that it's of very little interest to me that mm. these games exist and I can get, I can play them and get loads of platinums really easily. Um, it's a shame that Ben Potter's not here because he's yeah. probably played a lot of these trashinums. Um, however, he actively seeks out the trash. Yeah, he does. I've been around his house and I've seen like his face, his PlayStation homepage, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and he just shows me like, what was it, lizard lady versus or cat lady versus lizard people or yeah. lizard lady versus cat people. It's weird. It's just bright colors and like just mm -hmm. terrible mechanics, but easy platinums. He loves. Atrashinums. There are like forums or websites that you can go to that like list 
games that are easy platinums and stuff that mm. that's where he finds some of these from and yeah it's crazy um so while they aren't of any interest to me i'm also not particularly offended by them or upset that they exist so i think as long as it's clear to people that the and it's probably not always clear actually to people that the game they are buying is basically trash mm. and it's like it kind of only exists for a platinum to be uh, to be unlocked uh, then it you know no one's going to be particularly harmed by this but i don't know i guess there is a chance that perhaps younger gamers who have access to their dad's or mum's credit card which they shouldn't do uh, or people who maybe are like new to gaming generally maybe they've like just bought a ps5 for the mm. first time and, and they've never had a console before and they're like oh look all these games i can play you know i think there's a risk that some of these people might end up buying a game that just turns out to be like a block of wood um but on the other hand a jar of mayo that you just have to yes forever. exactly uh but then generally these are probably like 99p or less mm. um so you know who's who's really uh n no one's gonna like be particularly badly stung by these um it would be nice maybe if there was a category called trash in them i was gonna say like the only issue i have with these games like they every single digital storefront is full of trash like there's like mm. steam's full of it there's like yeah, nintendo switch thing. have also got like a terrible issue with like they're just being trash games on the switch but like it's if they made it easy to sort out things on, so specifically on PlayStation, I've talked about this before, their like categories thing is rubbish. Mm -hmm. That you can't sort by games. You can't pick a category really. You can't pick like whether it's local multiplayer or whatever. If they just put a bit of effort into their UI, then you wouldn't even see these trash games. So like, you could just be like, it needs to be minimum three stars or above in terms of like ratings, and you wouldn't see them. But because they haven't implemented that they just block up and like appear on people's kind of searches because there's no like there's no filter that yeah. you can get rid of them like you say there's no category that's like trashinums like if there's like an easy platinum thing where like sony there's some algorithm that's like you can platinum this game in two hours mm. bug them in the easy platinum thing for all those platinum hunters like Ben Potter to just go in. Because they can in. find them easier as yeah, well. Yeah, you People can find them easier. Find them. Yeah. Exactly. They can go in, get themselves a trash Cat Lady versus Lizard Man uh, game and just finish it in like two hours. And then us regular folk who couldn't care less <laughs> haven't got to worry about all this trash appearing on our PlayStation storefront. Yeah. So the real issue here isn't that they should curb them and get rid of them it's just that they sony should sort out the ui and make it easy for people to sort out what they do and don't want it's a good point um but every storefront is filled with trash yeah i mean steam will show you the trash on the home page like you'll go and open steam and they'll be like do you want this anime sexy uh candy crush game yes please yes Please. I'm bored of Candy Crush. I've been playing Candy Crush loads, and now yeah. I wish I just it was see sexier. Anime boobies. Mm. When I when I finish my Candy Crushing, I want there to be a boobies at the end. Yeah, that's what I want now. That's Thanks the only Steam. thing that's going to motivate me to crush this candy. Yeah, is knowing that, that if, there's boobies at the other yeah. end. Yeah. Um. So thanks, Steam. Thanks, Steam. But like, like I say, it's not just a Sony issue. There is ish like it's all over Steam. Like we were saying on the latest weirdest games, we we're like, is it just another trash like steam shovelware game thing. shovelware yeah. thing that's just like 
just a pile of rubbish. And I'm like, no, it's not, promise. But like, there is just, they're all over everything because they're so easy to make, like mm-hmm. just bung a bunch of assets into a game and just hope for the best. Like that God of War thing that we were talking about last week, the on the Xbox store. There yeah. Was that, what was it? Um, Zeus of Child. Yeah, Zeus of God Child. God of Warning, Zeus of Child. Um, <laughs> they're like all over the place, but you know, some people, like, people love them. Yeah. Have a bit of a trash. Everyone loves to sit and watch a trash game be played or like play a trash game with their friends. But there definitely should be some kind of like sorting out that should be done. I mean, so. like kind of like looping back to question one when you were saying the difference between physical and digital storefronts. That's another one where like with digital storefronts, there's endless shelf space. Mm. So they can just like put all of the rubbish on. Whereas you didn't used to see, I'm sure like... To, to a certain extent, all this stuff used to exist, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, it's it's easier now for people to make trash games and distribute them. So probably to a lesser extent. But there were a load of like trash uh, things, you know, a couple of generations ago. But you would walk into a game store and you wouldn't like be subjected to all that because yeah. there's only so much shelf space and they've got call of duty all over there it'd be in the bargain bin there might be a bargain bin like exactly packed to the top and there's like games at the bottom of there from like 1993 that they've just never bothered to yeah get out. and you know that because it's in the bargain bin it's going to be rubbish yeah um but now everything is just almost present you know i know there's front pages and mm. stuff and sometimes it will sort by probably popularity and relevance but it will essentially put everything in front of you if you do certain search terms. It's the same with um, like streaming services as well, like outside of gaming. You know, you you search Netflix for something and you'll get a few like interesting things at the top that are related to the thing you search for. Yeah. When you type in Jurassic Park or whatever, and it's like, oh, did you mean dinosaur adventure? No, I didn't. You clearly know what Jurassic Park is because I didn't put the word mm-hmm. dinosaur in. Uh, similar similar shows that you might we don't have that but here's a similar show that you might like yeah dinosaur uh, zoo you want that yeah you want it yes please um so that's another in a way it's a downside to digital storefronts is that they can have everything on the shelf mm. and put it in front of you um it's good in a way because it gives indie developers a chance to distribute you know smaller projects but um yeah the trashinums are out there. They are. Give us a checkbox, please. please. <laughs> Just please. Well, now it's time for the big discussion. Oh, the big discussion. It's time now for the big discussion. The big discussion comes from Jack Bradshaw. Howdy, Bap. Hope you're all well. Out of all the games that came out this year so far, which one would you like to see at the very least as a nomination for this year's Game Awards Game of the Year? Mm. Ashton. Yeah. Um, so, well, not Ashton, actually. Listener oh. slash viewer. Okay, I'll, I'll close my ears. Yeah. Um, Ashton gets these questions together um, every week for us, which is very nice. They're submitted by the audience, and Ashton goes and finds the good ones and then she runs them by me and Ben and says, you, you guys are all right for answering these questions? We're like, yeah, yeah, fine. And she showed, showed us these questions yesterday. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, because I read the question and thought, yeah, I'll have an answer for that. And then this morning when I was making notes, I was like, wow, 
I've like not really enjoyed gaming. I did the exact this year. Same. I was going through like a list of all the games that come out this year because I couldn't remember like which ones I yeah. played this year but hadn't come out. And I was like, I I had to write down games that I'm like wish they were better, and then <laughs> games that I'm like yeah I really enjoyed. I've written two games that I've not played, yeah. but I know should and will be nominated for Game of the Year. Elden Ring. I don't like Soulsborne games, but I know full well that that is probably one of the best games of mm-hmm. the, the year, objectively. Horizon as well. I'm sure you've probably written down. Yeah. Like I didn't really get on with the first one. And I know I probably maybe one day will play it and probably enjoy it if I really like give it the time. Yeah. I have the time is the issue. I just didn't have the time to play it. And if, for that reason, I wasn't enjoying it. So I never played the second one because I was like, I don't really want to play it until I played the first. You don't know the story of the first one. Yeah. So you'll be a bit lost. Um, so that. There's some games that are coming out this year that I'm hopeful will be really good and mm. game of the year quality. So potentially The Last of Us Part 1. But I mean, that's already, that's not even going to be new content in in that sense. It's just going to be a remake of a game that... Yeah, I wonder what that, that what kind of thing that would like get at game like game awards yeah it's like you say it's not a new game can like, you make it, it game a of really the year like game but like you say it's not new they've not had to like they've obviously made it from the ground up in terms of graphically but like they've not had to do the story or anything like, no it's not brand new so, so yeah. i'll probably have a good time playing that but whether it's going to be game of the year material i don't know mm. and then the other one that is probably a good shout is god of war ragnarok yeah um, sure but then, you know, there were a few things that were supposed to come out this year that I was really excited for and assumed may well be my game of the year. Um, and they've either come out and not been as good as I thought. Lego Star Wars was one of them. <laughs> I have also written that down. <laughs> yeah, um, should have been better. Uh, and then stuff that isn't now coming out because it's been put back to next year. So Forspoken was meant to be this year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, October. There's a bit of like a stipulation that things have been pushed back because God of War is coming out. Yeah. And people don't want to compete. Like, I think Forspoken was going to come out uh, late October. God of War comes out like 13th of October, I think. Right. So it's like people were like, they've just pushed it back. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is the case for all the games that suddenly disappeared from the October, November region. Yeah. But like, I think the kind of rumor was like people are like abortion, like putting things out there because they're like, God of War's gonna mm-hmm. just take over, which yeah. I think is true, but it does just not mean that people on like Xbox or PC gamers who aren't gonna have access to God of War Ragnarok haven't got anything to play. Yeah. <laughs> because everything's just been pushed back mm-hmm. for like another couple of months. That's a good point, actually. It being exclusive, like, yeah. So if you have other consoles, you don't even get God of War to play. <laughs> um and then, you know, divisive as it is as a subject, um, uh hogwarts legacy i was looking forward to playing mm. trans women are women by the way just in case you didn't know that but um that's that yeah that was meant to be this year and is now going to be i think early next year like january or something I think so they've pushed it back to i want to say they've announced it to be like february right it might be that yeah it's yeah. fairly early next year but um so i think it's pretty slim pickings there's lots of like good games mm. that came out but there's not I don't think there are that many like big hitter like AAA. The thing, the, the likes of Elden Ring and Horizon. That that's kind of it. Like from yeah. what I saw, and everything else was like, oh yeah, that that went down well. But it's not like, you know, I mean, I've not played Stray yet. But like, will people be saying Stray is game of the year? Well, is it is like big enough? Is it like hard hitting enough? This thing, I don't. So obviously, like game of the year, the last few years have been like really big 
AAA games that have like hit the market and mm. been like massive games. Loves it last year. Um, Death. What was the game that there's Resident Evil Village, Deathloop, yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Um, probably some other games. Yeah, what came out last year? But there were a fair few last year. Yeah, and all the games that were out there for Game of the Year, like the category, were big games made mm. by big devs, like with massive teams of people. Whereas this year, like you say, there's not actually that much of that many games, especially this half of the year, that hit that category and also kind of like have done really well. Mm -hmm. Like you say, like Horizon and Elden Ring, if only they'd have come out like pushed, you know, one of them back to the middle of the year. So we've got something to play around now because we've like not had that much coming out until the end of the year now. But um, they obviously both came out. I think Elden Ring's probably a shoe in to win game of the year, even though... I literally have zero interest in it. And then mm-hmm. a lot of people have, a lot of people really loved it. But also a lot of people, it's just like not their cup of tea at all. Where like Horizon is a bit more like accessible to everyone. Yeah. Where Elden Ring isn't. But I think Elden Ring's a shoe in for Game of the Year. I don't even think God of War will beat it out yeah, for Game of the not. Year this year. Mm. But like you say, if we've got to go like top, like five in the category, you've got potentially God of War, potentially The Last of Us, Horizon, Elden Ring, and I don't, I can't think of a fourth game. And Last of Us is questionable whether it because, counts. Yeah, because it's like not a new game. Yeah. I don't know of a new game that will come out that I'll be like, yeah, it can fit in the category. Like, I really like Stray and I think it's a really mm. good game. But I don't think it would even, it won't compete with any of the games anyway. And I also like, I couldn't see it kind of making the the grade for it being game of the year. This is a there thing was, though. Oh, sorry, no, carry sorry, on. Sorry, there's other games that are like have come out that had a lot of potential that didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. Like Lego Star Wars, like Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Yeah. That's the only, those two are the only other games where I've been like, those are big games, big devs, like huge companies. And the general consensus is just a bit meh. Yeah, like, like they could have made the cut, but yeah, they didn't. but they haven't. I think they'll probably still be in for like certain awards. Mm. Like I don't think that they'll be shunned. But I do think that they just have not hit the market in the same way that I think everyone was expecting them to. And if they had, there might be a bit more of a discussion about like what games are going to be in the top five, like who's going to be nominated for it. But I just don't think there's enough games coming out this year that hit the mark. There might be an indie that like comes out and like surprises us. But like I say, I just don't think, unfortunately, that game of the year will be won by an indie no especially not this year but just in general like i just don't think that they unfortunately have the manpower to compete with some of the huge games that come out like unpacking did really well last year yeah um but it was never going to win a game of the year because it's just too small like, but that like begs enough. the question doesn't it that like what exactly makes a game of the year a game of the year mm. you know because if if a game came out and expect expectations weren't like super like high for it because it wasn't a triple a and then it it was as fun to an extent as a triple a game yeah like i say it doesn't help that i've not yet played stray but i from what i've seen a lot of people have really enjoyed stray yeah um and to think of an example from last year that maybe is in that sort of ballpark um Kana bridge of spirits yeah, yeah like th- that was people people were kind of going into that probably already like making allowances for it saying that like this is the first game from this company 
they've originally they've been doing animation so we'll we'll see how they how they fare game wise and they made a really good game yeah. that unfortunately because of its scale almost sort of gets automatically ruled out from game of the year now i'm not suggesting that like i actually think it should have been game of the year but it's kind of it almost seems unfair that like it falls at the first hurdle just because of its mm. size and scale and, and yeah. the, who made it. That um, you've got these gargantuan games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla that came out. Last yeah, year. or it came out twenty twenty actually, didn't it? Yeah, and then did it, yeah, um, and then you've got like these little games that are really good at what and they've done a really good job at what they've done, but because it's small and because it's not reached the like wider community, it's just not. It can't compete, unfortunately. Yeah. But obviously, there's like, we were just saying, like, Saints Row is coming out next week. You've mm-hmm, got Callisto true. Protocol as well. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a, a couple of other things that are coming out this year. But I just can't see them, like, hitting the mark. Yeah. Like, I don't think Saints Row will become Game of the Year material. So we've not seen it yet. So maybe it's really good. Mm-hmm. But I just can't see a game that is like Saints Row or, like, GTA hitting the, like, the scene and doing the impact that like they would need to do to be some like the game of the year contender, if that makes sense. And Callisto Protocol comes out too late in the year. It's not coming out until December or November mm. time, which will be too late. So they'll be in the market for next year. Um, I think that's normally how it works if it comes out the month of the game awards or something. Because there was one game last year, was it Cyberpunk, that they were like, Cyberpunk won't be viewed this year yeah, it'll remember. be going into next year's pile depends when they how early they do nominations as well because like you know there's like the event itself but you know I, I imagine the process starts on, like yeah. yeah earlier on so i'm not exactly sure but um but yeah, there are some other like big games big-ish games hitting the scene soon but like you say there's just not anything that i think will contend with what we've got slash what is already coming out obviously game um gamescom event lives next week yeah maybe we'll get some surprises some that surprise are coming release. out this year yeah. um but we got lots of like hints of what's coming out in the next few years like 2023 is looking at like shaping up to be quite a good year mm-hmm. especially the first half of the year yeah for gaming but then this year was looking really good for gaming uh, especially the first half of the year. And then things just kind of gradually meandered back to the second half of the year and that have now moved to 2023. So it's yeah. like, there's lots going on and there's lots of stuff that's coming out, but whether any of it will be game of the year material. That's a funny noise. Yeah, it won't be being picked up though. No, whether any of it will game, be game of the year material, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we obviously do our own game of the year uh, podcast in i think we do it after we come back um from new year so it'll be in early mm. january and uh we're normally a bit more kind of open to including the likes of say Kane bridge of spirits yeah. or something like that so i think we'll have an easier time picking those five in terms of just games that, that we we really enjoyed um our favorite experiences of the year um but i think you know jack is clearly asking about what what do you think are the nominees for like the biggest hitters this year so far and you know like i say i read that question when ashton said here's the big discussion i thought yeah that's fine and then like 12 hours later i'm making notes for it and thinking oh my god Did the exact had the exact so, same thought process i was like this would be easy yeah there's loads of games that come out this year and i was like no there actually there isn't that as many games as i thought there was that come out this year that i've enjoyed anyway 
So you should very much in this instance, let us know in the comments below if you think we've missed anything or what do you agree with us? Do you think that it's surprisingly slim pickings for those real big AAA um, game of the year contenders this mm. year? Um, and you can tell us all about your thoughts on our other questions as well in the comments below. Um, I'm going to tell you where you can find us on the internet as well. Please do. We are Team Triple Jump. You can go to youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump to see all of our content. That's our videos and our live streams. Uh, we stream on both. And when we're streaming on both, we're modded by Lord Rotovich, Trialing Badger, and Mr. Black. Uh, also, when we're on Twitch, you can, of course, subscribe on Twitch. And if you've got Amazon Prime, there's a Twitch sub in the bundle there already. So you can spend that on us at no extra cost to you if you're already paying for Prime. So consider doing that if you like. We've got Twitter and Facebook presences at twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. You can go to either of those for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, um, actual live stuff on Facebook occasionally. Um, we've also got a TikTok, which is tiktok.com forward slash at team triple jump. We tick and talk over there. You can go and <laughs> go and watch those. Yeah. Have you done one recently? We haven't done one in a while. We've oh. been quite busy and like yeah. everyone's been having time off over the summer. So it's been a bit, mm -hmm. we're like barely all together in the same room at any point. So we have to do some eventually, but we will try and get we some We will out. do some more. But, but follow us on there when we eventually Yeah, you should get there, you know, so you can be the first to see the next talks. Mm. Um, Otics. Uh, but that's mostly looked after by Ashton and Fraser. Um, and patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. You can go over there for all kinds of rewards, the values of which I clearly don't know, as demonstrated earlier on in, in the podcast. But um, there's the After Dark podcast, which is like yeah. the sexy podcast Whoa. where we do swear words. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've also got early access to Worst and Winners Games Ever at a certain tier. And if you want to find out more, just head on over. You can get um, some merch if you get a subscriber at a certain tier. You get signed Sent copies. Signed of... copies of weirdest games and worst games mm -hmm. ever. And posters and t shirt. You can get me to paint a picture Pins. for you as well. Peter will paint you a picture. Yeah. If you give you. him enough money. <laughs> if you give me specifically enough money. It doesn't actually go to Peter, but uh, no. he'll still paint you a picture. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we have a website. Mm. It's triplejud.mup forward slash. Oh, no, wait. We have a website. Triplejud.mup. It spells jump. It's very clever. Um, we have a Discord. Hang out with our wonderful community. Why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash Discord. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Holloway. So if you to do something, bloody well, do it. Do all it. right? Um, if you want to listen to the podcast in its audio form, maybe you're moving out of your house soon and you need to do some packing and want some lovely people to hang out with you while you're packing your boxes up, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash podcast. If you want to check out one of our live stream VODs, if you've missed one over the week, why go to jet.mup forward slash VODs. If you want to order a cameo, maybe you've got a birthday or a christening or a wedding coming up, why not go to jet.mup forward slash cameo. We will wish your baby a happy christening <laughs> if you want us to do that. Then you can keep it until they're like 10 yeah. and then show it to them. Be like 10 years ago, these guys were, I was big fans of these They're all guys. dead they're now. All dead but they're all dead now. <laughs> These guys they did. They wished you a happy christening yeah. when you were a wee bab. Um, if you want to buy some sick and cool merch like this hoodie, oh look, this like that. This t-shirt's no longer available. This t-shirt I also think is no longer. No longer this available. This is also no longer but that available. That hoodie is. This hoodie is. You can buy a hoodie, but the t-shirts that we're currently wearing, you can't. And also, I cut my t-shirt. Cut yours up. Yeah, I made it into a tank top because I have too many t-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, 
you can go to triplejumpshop.com to check out merch. And there is some new merch coming soon. I've got them on my desk. I'm very excited about them. They're very cool. Um, why not go to at triplejumpshop on Twitter to find out when the merch is being released. Mm. We have Instagram, me and Peter do. It's at P- that Peter Austin and at that Scramble. No, at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton. I think I have enough sleep tonight because my like my brain is not working today. Yeah. In case you haven't noticed, mm-hmm. I can't speak or read. If you want to see pictures or stories of Ashton going, I don't. If you want to find out how I cut this top up slash see any more like um impulsive moments just follow me on instagram and watch my story every now and then There's did you always... do the story of you cutting the top up yeah oh i've not seen that i don't uh, i don't check instagram often enough i wondered I if you had thing. seen it but i know that your your lovely wife watches my instagram stories because sometimes she replies to them so yeah. um so you can follow us on instagram and twitter and you can follow ben on just twitter at confused underscore dude mm. you should take over the rest because i can't okay. speak today yeah okay. <laughs> that's fine um do you want to know what we're doing on the channel all yeah. the time We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We do streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. The Thursday being the joint stream on YouTube. Blaze it. Uh, Twitch every other day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. We do Worst Games Ever. It's a fortnightly show. It's Friday for patrons of a certain tier and Sunday for everyone else. Also, Weirdest Games Ever is monthly. Um, You get a, a whole week early on Patreon. Uh, the podcast is every Saturday, and we do shows all the bloody time. It's gone it's back to saying back. one every yeah, other week. I don't week. know why. Yeah. I changed the the, um, the template. template, but it's yeah. gone back. Please leave us a review on iTunes. A five-star review would be very helpful. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Um, we've got all sorts of things out on the channel this week, haven't we, Ashton? We have. It's the worst games ever week. Uh, the boys played a game called Troll and I, mm. which I've never heard of slash seen. Um, any good? I had heard of it um, vaguely and just seen kind of the box art. And then just before we played the game, I had to record a voiceover, worst games of 2017 or whatever it was. And then I played it almost immediately after on worst games ever. It was rubbish. <laughs> bad, yeah. bad game. Um, so that's coming out on Sunday, like Peter said, but oh, it's on Friday. So if you're a patron, it's already on Patreon. But mm. go, go check it out if you've not already watched it. It was on that's there last true. night. Yeah. Um, James has been writing and editing a, what's it, like a journalistic like a sort of, piece? Yeah, like an essay video. An essay video on how big is too big. We talked about this last week, but it's actually going out this week now. Mm-hmm. Um, the launch games for the 3DS went out last week instead. So yeah. if you've not already seen that, check that out. Um, but yeah, that's coming out. It should be out now, actually. It was coming out on Friday. So Yeah, it's in relation to Starfield. It's, you know, how big is too big in terms of, a thousand planets is maybe is that maybe too, big? too big? Todd, Todd calm down. Please. It just works. I only have so much time. Yeah. When's that coming out? Is this th- is that this year? Is it this year? <laughs> we should know, but I don't think so. I don't know because I also looked up as well as well as the, the yeah. The I was year. like, well, yeah. what else is coming out this year? And I don't think that was on there. No, I thought it maybe I think was it might late be this a, year, or maybe it's early next. Year. Early next year. It's fairly soon, I yeah. think, but I think it's early next year. Uh, I'll carry uh, yeah, on. Yes, it's 2023. Okay, 2023. And maybe we don't even have a, a quarter for that no. yet, but I think it's next year sometime. Yeah. Um, and also, we should say thank you very much indeed for helping us raise over $5,000 for the Trevor Project. Mm. Um, we raised money all of last week um, on our streams for the Trevor Project. Uh, in memory of Philip Reed, uh, who we've talked about a lot on recent content, um, our writer who we sadly lost a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and we've sort of continued to to drop it into bits of videos and streams and stuff recently. And the money is still going up, even though we're not actively doing like fundraising streams, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and we now have over $5,000. That's at time of recording. By the time we release this, it'll be even more, I'm yeah. sure. We left off the streams last week with about 4200 potentially. Mm -hmm. And since then, like I said, well, we've not mentioned it. We've managed to raise over £5,000 yeah. of dollars. So thank you so much to everyone who's donated. It's going to a really good charity in honor of a really good man. Mm. So thank you guys so much for helping us raise that much money. Like I said, it's open, probably going to leave it open for the rest of the month, potentially. Yeah. Um, and for as long as I think we want to. But obviously, we'll let people know when we're closing it. But yeah, thank you guys so much for helping us raise this much money. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's really brilliant. is amazing. Um, I think that's the most money we've raised for a campaign. I think so, yeah. Before. I think we've come... We've done thousands before, um, I think, like fairly early on, we did a yeah. pretty successful one. But yeah, I think that's got to be the biggest uh, fundraiser we've ever done. So that's amazing. Um, and all in memory of Philip. So brilliant. Mm. Uh, so there's just enough time in this podcast, uh, the duration of which changes every single week. But there is just yeah, enough time. Just enough time. For Ashton to remind us of today's sponsor. Coming this Christmas, you've Better bloody hope you haven't been annoyed, boy and or girl and or other, because it's coming soon. Two point Krampus. Oh no, he's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He sees you when you're fingers. sleeping. He knows when you're awake, and he's gonna get you. He's gonna eat you. He's gonna eat you for his dinner. Yes, his Christmas dinner. Yes, pickled human. Mm. Mm -mm. My favorite. Thanks everyone, and thank you Ashton. Thank you, Peter, for being here. Because if not. Imagine if we'd not hired you. I'd have been doing this on my own. Or with James Jenkins. <laughs> oh, gross. Can't think of Even anything worse. worse. <laughs> um, or Sam Driver, possibly. Yes. Um, but he's a little bit too sexy, you know, would struggle he is a to constantly. Especially with his pink hair. Yeah. He's definitely a little bit too sexy yeah. now. So that also would have been bad. Yeah. Um, good. Right, we'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 